Hey guys, we're here with Eric Kyron Davis, who is here with us from Cloud Imperium Games, the creators of a game that you might have heard of called Star Citizen. Uh, Eric, thanks for joining us today. It's my pleasure. thousand <laughs> percent my pleasure. And obviously, uh, we got uh, Ethan and Ricardo here as well. We're just gonna be, uh, we're gonna be ask some ask some questions, learn some stuff. Uh, I mean, Eric, uh, first of all, uh, could you introduce yourself to us and like you know what do you do? What's 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 uh, what are you working on right now? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks guys, truly for having me. It's it's always good to talk with you, wonderful gentlemen, all three of you. Even though I've just talked to Matt so far, <laughs> we're still here. Okay, good. You're still here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so what do I do? I'm the senior producer for the Los Angeles Studios. We have four studios around the globe, and I'm out here in L.A. We just relocated from Santa Monica, actually into L.A. proper, even though I could, you know, I could throw a stone and still be in Santa Monica, but we're, we're in L.A. We just say L.A. Yeah, it makes it easier for, for people to find you. That's right. What do I do? That's yes. A fantastic question. That is a question everyone asks, and uh, the less people know, the more I can do it. <laughs> So no. if you told us you'd have to kill us, is what you're saying. Yes, that's right. Okay. No, no, no. I, uh, I mean, we're, I'm a producer, right? Mm-hmm. For video games, for a very large video game. So I'm a kind of a, a hybrid project manager, people manager, uh, resource manager, um, scheduler, culture guy, cheerleader, uh, getter dunner, golfer, all kinds of stuff. So if oh. it, needs, it, it needs doing, I'm doing it. Everything except the actual game. Yes. Right? Doing everything outside of that. That's that's kind of the weird. Very high level version of that. So a little bit of a little a bit of a jack of all trades when it comes to you know people and the the uh, the kind of the stuff around the game design. Yes, that's right. The more the the better a producer is, the less you know they're actually doing their job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, some of your, your your previous credentials, you previously worked at uh, Blizzard. Is that correct? I did. Yeah, I was at Blizzard Entertainment. My last job was I was a producer for the cinematics team. I. Uh, my last project was Lords of War, the 25 minutes of animated content that went before the Warlords of Draenor cinematic. Yeah, Ooh, I worked on I worked on several of the other cinematics as well. Even though Legion was the most recent one, but that was my that was my last baby that I worked very closely with the other producers and directors and stuff with. And that's really cool. I mean, obviously Blizzard known very far and wide for their cinematics teams. So, uh, yeah, some some cool pedigree there. Um, so you know, with your current job with uh, you know with Star Citizen, you know, we were uh, you know obviously. For people who don't know, what's a what's what's a good way to explain it? Because obviously, there's a lot of Starsis, and we've you know sure. we've heard a lot about it covering games. And if people haven't heard about it, what would you tell them? Well, we're, well, we're kind of making two games. The, the The main game is called Star Citizen, and it's meant to be a persistent universe, so kind of like an MMO, and it's based around like a space simulator. So uh, I'm working alongside Chris Roberts, uh, who was uh, big for Wing Commander, Privateer, Freelancer, and then he went into the movie industry, and he loves making space, like, just sci-fi. Just think sci-fi, that's what we're making here. So <laughs> the Persistent Universe portion of the game is like a, a fully immersed, uh, dig, dig your heels in, live in this, the, the space universe that we're creating. <clears throat> so we've got everything from, you know, dog fighting to multi-crew, where you have several people in a ship flying through space. Uh, doing missions and, and, you know, looting cargo and, and doing all kinds of crazy stuff in the universe. And then we have another game called Squadron 42, which is our, kind of a, think of our, like a AAA RPG. That's okay. got our celebrity cast. Uh, it's got Mark Hamill and um, Gary Oldman and a lot of wonderful names and a lot of wonderful performances, too. And that's like the, the tons of hours RPG, where it's a first-person version of the game. And uh, that'll that'll you don't necessarily need to play that to do the persistent universe part, but it will tell you a lot of the story 
to then start playing the larger world, which is called Star Citizen. I see. So are those going to? So those are going to be two separate games. Mm-hmm. Are those going to be sold separately together? Yes, yeah, so we just we just split them. So backers right. up until a couple weeks ago are are going to get are now going. You have to buy them separately as two different games. You can go and just do the first person portion of the game and have a great time, and we're trying to make this incredibly immense uh, immersed world. Um, or you can go and just do the persistent universe side, which is kind of the MMO side of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a big sci-fi world, I mean, I think the persistence aspect of it has been, like, kind of the, the kind of one of the, the key kind of um, advertising or, like, you know, key things that's been, like, shown that this is a different, you know, how this is different, um, you know, where, you know, like, the ability to, like, buy your own ships, for instance, and kind of have that stuff stay attached to your character. And um, from what I've read as well, there's a little bit of stuff with, like, citizenship, as the name implies, um, what kind of mechanics do you think could separate, you know, this game from the stuff like, you know, like, like Eve Online or other MMOs that might be out there? What kind of separates this one? Sure, yeah, that's a great question. I think some of the things we're doing um, are very unique on the technology side. Uh, a lot of the stuff, again, kind of like a producer, you don't really know what's happening, but when you play it, you get to feel a, a very unique experience. Um, something that Chris is really pushing on, and a lot of our tech leadership here is doing something so technically advanced that you haven't seen it in another game. You may have felt something similar, but not to the breadth that we're doing here. So this whole um, trans- translating from on the actual surface of a planet, doing all of your planet surface activities, right? Shopping and robbing and, you know, buying things and, you know, the whole, whole social part of the planet side, get in your ship and you fly off of that planet into the space. While you're out in space, you can get out of your ship, you can EVA all around your ship, be able to do all kinds of repairing, whether it's repairing your own ship or other people's ships, or you know, traveling to another local star or universe, uh, and and translating basically with through these what they call local grids from inside the ship to this outside the ship, which is this giant universe, and then back onto a planet, and all these grids kind of work together seamlessly, so you don't ever feel like you're. Um, you're, oh, i got to pause for a cinematic now while it translates to the next port. Like, it's this one seamless experience that technically uh, is incredibly advanced. Like, you you know, they've done it in some other games, um, but I think the way we're doing it is, is quite unique, and, and Chris is very, very passionate about it, and it's, and it's pushing us. It's pushing us all technically um, well beyond the, the bounds of what you think is possible. Yeah, that's one of the aspects I was actually just going to ask you about that is, like, so... The entire thing from, let's say, being on the surface of a planet, let's say, and going, you know, in your ship, flying around, getting in a, you know, a space, a dogfight or something like that, that would all happen, you know, without having to, yeah, like hit any, like, loading screens or cinematics, or is there going to be, like, transitional, like, uh, areas, or, like, how does, how would that work? Is there, um, is it just all in one piece? Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of this tech is still being developed or being evolved, but it's, it's meant to be seamless, right? So right now, you can, uh, if you have a ship or you have one of our base packages, you can jump into the universe and actually experience this right now. It's totally playable. Um, it's, we, we're, we're in what's called pre-alpha stage, so we're still developing the technology while sharing it with our backers because this was an entirely crowdfunded project. And, uh, and so that means we're trying to give everything out that we have immediately. So you can experience this. By logging into the game, we came out with uh, our big patch was 2.0 last year, and uh, it gave people the first time to, to go from um, a space station, getting your ship, hopping your ship, taking off, going doing some quests, getting out of your ship, never experiencing a real load, a load time of anything, 
Uh, we didn't have cinematics at this point because it's still pre-alpha. And so, yeah, it's just, this, just a seamless experience that you're supposed to feel and, and enjoy kind of procedurally as well as uh, just, you know, uniquely. So at, at this point, yeah, so as that's the kind of – you're like predicting my questions, man. It's, it's great. <laughs> I get ahead. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so as my next question was actually going to be like, so, uh, yeah, what parts of the game at this point are, are, are playable? Is it is – it, um, are you like describing like what would be like the early part of the game once you know once the whole thing would be out? Is that kind yeah. of the idea of it right now? Yeah, a big, a big push for us right now was you know a lot of times when you make a game early on, you, you're just experiencing the technology of the game. You're trying to when you're not trying to do the same thing that everybody else has done. You've got to build the tech foundation before you can do anything else. Before you can really make gameplay. Before you can make really uh, uh, intricate quests and, and quest lines and and a full story, like we've got the full story lined out, but we didn't have the technology to follow it or to, or to allow us to do this. So that's all we've been pushing on. I mean, we're, we're over three years old at this point, but we've got an incredible amount of tech that we've just been developing and pushing and breaking and experiencing and putting out. And now that we feel like we've got a good understanding of how this technology will work, whether the things we've done internally or things we've given out externally, we now go, okay, we can make a game on top of this. We can understand now we can put together this, Okay. The story arc that'll that'll help you experiencing all experience all these different technologies um, flawlessly. Uh, so that's so what you can play right now is the we we did the arena commander module um, a couple of things was a year and a half ago year and a couple months ago now and that that was the flying so you can okay. fly through space you can um, like do dog fighting you can do like a battle royale you can do free fly where you just get to feel how it is on a couple of our different loading environments. Um, and like I said, the, the racing portion of the game that I enjoy the most, Okay. this, this, this wild 3d, you know, upside down, left, right, you get to feel what it's like to fly a spaceship. And again, what Chris wants it to be is more of a space simulator because that's what the original that's kind um, of what was. Yeah, Wing Commander was. was. Yeah. Just be a simulator. That's all we were, we were going for. And then right. people said, no, 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 keep going. Start mm-hmm. with that. And keep <laughs> going. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. We'll keep going. And so we've got the arena module, commander module out. We've got now um, what's called kind of the Persistent Universe module or mini-PU, where there's all kind of words that people are coming out with, but it's kind of like the Crusader map. And that is bringing all of the things we did in Arena Commander, some of the FPS elements, the multi-crew experience, uh, repairing a ship even to the base level, and we put that out already, and that's how that came mm-hmm. out back in, uh, in December. So for all these like little pieces, are you planning on – are they going to be like – all meshed into uh, one in the final product. Is that kind of yes. the idea bit behind it? Yes, yeah. So the original idea was to, to do a module system to kind of because we're not just making a game; we're also teaching game development to all of our backers. Um, so we're, right. we're showing you, we're kind of showing you the uh, uh, the pros and cons to game <laughs> development and uh, things that you would never know other than maybe hearing through a rumor through a back channel. You kind of get to right. all of it with us. Uh, so we're, we're we're educating, and part of that was saying. We broke it up by module because that's the technology we needed to, to develop before we could make the final game. Um, so, yeah, essentially, these should all be met. The, the, this 2.0 release meshes a lot of it already together. It puts a lot of our FPS elements into it, a lot of our Arena Commander elements into it, a lot of the Persistent Universe expected elements into it. And so the Squadron 42 is just kind of pulling from that now that we're starting to we're putting Squadron 42 together. Um, so it's, it's, we've kind of already done that in 2.0, but now we're going to iterate and iteration. I don't know if people realize this with any kind of creative development as well as game development, iteration is what makes things better. 
uh, I I'd actually want to kind of talk about Squadron Forty Two just a little bit here because you mentioned earlier about that kind of um, big budget sci fi feel, and obviously one of the most eye catching things about this Squadron Forty Two is the celebrity cast. So are we talking about uh, Gary Oldman and Mark Hamill? Obviously, their character models are after their likeness. Are they going to be all? Um, are they performance ca- capturing these, or are these just going to be strictly voice acting for these? No, it is. It's both. Uh, it's all PCAP, we call it, performance capture, where we got mocap and PCAP, where we got the actors out at Imaginarium uh, in London, and uh, we put them in gray suits with little balls all over their bodies and uh, big cameras sticking out of their faces, and we captured everything. Top dot, top to bottom, left to right. Uh, Gary Oldman, uh, Mark Strong. Um, Liam Cunningham, Ben Mendelsohn, Ian Duncan, a bunch of these guys, and we stuck them in the full suit, and they performed our incredibly large script. Um, and with games, as you know, there's generally... A lot of dialogue. A lot of dialogue, <laughs> and a lot of storyline, yeah, that goes with it. And with the Chris Roberts game, he's known for putting together very in-depth stories, right? That's right. kind of what, what he's known for all the way back to Wing Commander. So, yeah, it's the full shebang. It's everything we possibly could. So all that writing stuff on that side of things is... Is uh is kind of like uh, the, all the uh, I'm guessing all that work is already done then in terms of like the like capturing you know all their performances and stuff like that is it just making the game around it that's left. Absolutely, yep, that's absolutely right. We, the, I mean, the script was done a while ago. We have some amazing writers here, uh, led by Dave Haddock, who works uh, with Chris and obviously Chris Robinson himself. Who that was, you know, you don't you don't make a movie, you don't make a game without a script at these, this point. So they had a, a, a pretty massive, beefy script put together for this very in-depth storyline that goes with Squadron Forty Two. And so, yeah, that's been done for a while. And and we actually uh, last year during Citizen Con, we have our own convention that we try to do. Uh, it was out in Manchester, and uh, we he brought out some examples of amount of pages per script and the. This, this Squadron 42 script was probably two or three times larger than the Wing Commander's script. So it's kind of giving people an understanding of just how much story we're really putting into this show, this uh, game. So one thing you mentioned was that the uh, StarCon, was it, or is it CitizenCon? Sorry, what was it called? Citizen. Yeah. CitizenCon. Yeah. StarCon, Star- that's kind of cool. Star- <laughs> ah, that's the sequel. Um, <laughs> StarCon Star- also sounds like a good villain name. Yeah, saying, Star- if you, that one's free. Um, but you're, you're mentioning that's in Manchester. One thing I thought was interesting about this, uh, the way... Uh, the studio set up is it's all over the world right so there's no like central i guess like maybe england is the central area or well so we kind of consider ourselves headquarters here in la because this is where chris is located okay um, but yeah we're, we're building up a pretty massive team out in the uk and in, in manchester uh, i'm sorry outside manchester and what's it like working kind of every with everyone so many remote teams yeah, time zones yeah. It's, it's awesome, and it also has its own unique challenges because we're all we're all heading toward the same goal, uh, but we're all on different parts of the planet doing that. You know, so it, it presents unique challenges, but at the same time, the original goal uh, of the studio was to go where the talent is instead of making everybody kind of come to us. So that's one of the, the founding factors they kind of put into the studio. So we have a studio here. We've got a lot of great talent in Austin, a lot of great talent now in the UK, and then we also have our Frankfurt studio who's building up their large house of incredible talent that's putting together the game for different portions of it so it, it's i was recently we did a bbc piece and i was explaining to them it's kind of like uh, the idea is follow the sun development so you know the uk literally shuts down you know they're ready to go home for the night and we wake up we are in here and so we do this kind of handoff process for tasks for what's left for schedules for communication and so we all get on the same page us and the uh, austin and then as austin starts ramping down we keep going and then we pass off everything over and so it kind of keeps going Right, we're never right. asleep, not making this game. We're all, we're always <laughs> twenty-four hour production 24, cycle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. at some point, 
weird somebody's thinking or actually working on this game. There may be a half hour in there when everybody's going to go sleep <laughs> or waking up, but for the most part... <laughs> you, you just got to find the place to fill in that time zone and open up a studio there. Yeah, yeah we're working on it. <laughs> you need to get a China or Australia studio no, or something. No. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to look at that. See, yeah. We'll have to see where our biggest gaps are. Yeah. So uh, it, does each studio have like their own responsibility? Are they working on separate things, or is it just more like a everyone's working on kind of the same things and just passing along the information as needed, or is it... You know, this studio is working on this part of the game. This studio is working on this part of the game. How do you divide yes. up that work? Yes, is the answer. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of all of the above. Mm-hmm. We, we definitely have um, each area focusing on their area because of the, basically the talent we've we've um, built up in each studio. But it, for the most part, we do actively work on the entire game, all of us. So, like the UK team was always meant to come on and, and be the main focus for Squadron Forty Two. Um, and the UK, uh, excuse me, Frankfurt was working really heavily on the engine and the, on the AI and a bunch of other technology. Um, so they kind of, we kind of have our, our sections that we, we are more known for. But at the end of the day, it's, it's inevitably all, we can all pick up work from each other. You know, we've, we've got the talent now in each of the locations. Some may be more focused on other portions than others, but for the most part, we can, we can kind of keep things going. So another unique thing about kind of how this game started is it's uh, entirely um, crowdfunded. And so how has it been different since you worked at Blizzard in the past, which is a very much a public, well, it is a public company now. Um, how is that different from working at, working now under a bunch of people who have given you money and are trusting you to put out a game? It's different. It's different, Ethan. <laughs> uh, it's very different. I mean, you know, and not even just Blizzard. Before that, I was working at uh, a small asset company called Sleep, uh, uh, Radioactive Labs. Mm-hmm. And it was the same idea. We were making assets for unannounced games. So it was the same NDA, like, you know, don't, don't talk about it. We're still working on it. Uh, it's, it's different and the same at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. We're still making games, which is, which is the exact same. But we're sharing everything all the time. Right. Which is, which is unique because I think, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning, we, we aren't just teaching people or showing them the game we're making. We're teaching them how game development works. So when we have a good or bad thing happen, we got to explain how we got there and why we got there. And we went from, you know, keeping kind of quiet for many, many years to every day we've, we're given updates and we've got our around the verse that happens. We just did the news today. Uh, we've got uh, videos. We do live streams on Fridays. We, you know, we're always getting out there and we're pulling in developers and we're saying, what did you, what are you doing? I just pulled you from your desk. What are you doing right <laughs> now? Right. And it's, uh, it's unique. It's a unique uh, environment. For me, I, you know, I think both have pros and cons, but I, I love, I really enjoy this one. I love mm-hmm. being able to actively work on something with the people that are going to play it later. Because, right. I mean, we're making something that we want to play, obviously, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it. But we're also getting to enjoy it and make it with people that are also going to be playing it later and are trying to going to try to play it later. Um, and so, I, I think that's, I think that's one of the more uh, fun parts of the job. You know, just getting out there and saying, "What did you think of that?" Or at least we just did yesterday. Oh, you don't like that? Hey, guys, I don't like that. What are you guys? Doing? <laughs> it's it's pretty. It's a it's a really cool. Um, um, I don't know the right word for it. It's Instant feedback a, yeah. experience, right? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I I uh, like moving on to like I guess like on a, like a broader like a broader scope of that same question. Like as far as you know, game development goes. I mean, I've heard that kind of as a a thing recently surrounding game development that, and with a lot of crowdfunding campaigns too of maybe some confusion about like how much do games cost and a lot of people don't actually you know understand that you know like oh you know $10,000 maybe not that much when you're talking about a you know a big video game where obviously you know something like Star Citizen has been you know you know getting over 70 million dollars for um you know your guys's crowdfunding and um do you think like overall like this kind of 
uh, this kind of way of making games is maybe, like you said, like showing people how you make games is kind of like, I think that's valuable beyond just the game itself of just like having people, more people understand, maybe realize some of the challenges that, that go into doing this. So you think it's better when it is a more secretive situation because it's not as, you know, there's maybe not as much negativity when something goes wrong or what would you like, like in kind of just in, as a general, like for games overall, what would you think about that? That's a good question. Uh, you know, I think they both have their place for sure. Uh, I think we're doing something super unique for the size we are and what we're doing. Um, you know, and that's tough. I, I really do think that it, it's going to overall benefit the game industry by being this this transparent and this open. I mean, it's just it's just like kind of finishing a you know a Lord of the Rings movie. And why do we buy the twelve hour version of the movie <laughs> so we can watch all the crazy behind the scenes and yeah and be like, well, that's why they, that's how they made that. And that's yeah. Why they, now it's it's a little more sit back and enjoy it as opposed to get actively engaged. But it's the same idea of like you know some of us want to see where it's made you know it's not all of us do but some of us want to see how it's made and put together and i think that i think that has some unique uh, elements to it because i feel like the things some of the things we're doing here may actively push other industries or other developers just like the work they do also actively pushes us to be better mm-hmm. try something more unique so uh, i think in the long run i think it's good i think we're gonna we're gonna hopefully all benefit from it right yeah i mean certainly it's certainly something that, like, yeah, like you said, comes come, kind of comes with its own set of unique challenges and and also unique benefits. So maybe it's a kind of a case by case basis there, but it's definitely interesting. Like on you know on on my side, someone who has never made a game before, I will say it's certainly interesting with experiences like this, um, with you know like the the Kickstarter that Double Fine did you know several years ago where they did a documentary making it and uh, stuff where like the you know early access on steam where you know g- game creators are actively encouraging their audience to to you know at least get um involved with following the development if not also inputting you know what they think on the game like how much influence would you say like you know wh- like when you said earlier when they you put a thing out and people don't m- maybe react well to that like how do you tell the difference between like oh this was a mistake we made or we need to fix this versus well they're just not used to it yet Maybe we should, you know, wait a little, like, you know, is there, is there the tendency to like just react instantly to whatever the first, you know, response is, or do you guys kind of have to weigh that out a little bit longer? Yeah, I, I think we do a great job of balancing. I think Chris is a really great pendulum for that because it's, you know, we're, we're all making a game that is his vision and, and what people are expecting, right? They're all mm. kind of getting on board to make a, to enjoy another great Chris Roberts game. So I think he's kind of our pendulum. I think he, obviously he trusts a lot of us and our opinions on things as well. Um, and I would say both. Sometimes it is like uh, we know they're going to like this. We know they're going to like this. It just it's just different, you know. And, but at the same time, sometimes it's like Ooh, we weren't too sure about that either, and they're definitely confirming that that was going <laughs> to go, you know. Uh, but I think it's a little bit of both because whenever you do something new, you know, we we in our minds have an idea of where we're going, right? We have a we have a plan of where we're trying to achieve and how things are going to feel and how they're going to look. Um, and so there are definitely moments when we kind of hold strong and hold fast, and and majority of them have yielded success. They've kind of come back and said, "I didn't like this at first, but after a few days or weeks of months of doing this, you know, this is this is cool. This is a lot cooler than I thought." So it it is that constant weighing, you know, just like what you would do on a game that took years to develop. Because once you get out live, it is that experience of it's hard not to want to read the forums and. And hear the notes and read the feedback we're getting, and and go. No, no, no! I, I gotta stay true. I, I, I promise this is the right way to go. Right. Uh, and, and sometimes the the majority are absolutely right, and and we absolutely listen to them and make those changes and work with them on. Cool. Yeah. I mean, 
I know uh, earlier you said you couldn't talk anything specific about dates, um, but as far as the, like the state of the game, um, it, you know, the, the last thing that I checked on it was a, a general 2016, this is when it should be coming out kind of thing, but is that still the case? Do you think it's still on track for that, uh, yeah, that kind I mean, of time zone? Yeah, like you said, I can't, I can't state exact dates, but we're definitely aiming for this year, uh, especially for the Squadron 42 stuff, you know, mm-hmm. Squadron 42 portion of the game. Um, you know, we're, we are all pushing and pulling and you know, <laughs> working as hard as we can to make that a, a reality for yeah. sure. I mean, you definitely, when you do something, again, you've never done before, and I don't know if you guys have ever done this before, even as little as, a, I'm going to build a fence today, right? Like mm. you, you go, you get halfway done, you've been doing it for 10 hours, and you're like, oh, wow. I have this. There's way more work. I had no idea I'd use this kind of screw and yeah. put it that kind of cement. And you know, you kind of learn things along the way when you've never done it. Thankfully, we got a lot of great pros here that have done a lot of this similar. But we mm-hmm. are doing our best to break new ground and try new things. So there are there have been moments when we're like, oh, this is, you know, you, you uncover, you pick up that one last rock you you just saw, and you're like, whoa, there's a there's a lot more under here. There's a lot more to do. <laughs> or yeah, you or you or you do something and you go, ah, oh, you know what? I could do it better though. That's right. Just do it again. You know. That's, that's right. And and you know sometimes we're doing that. Like the ship pipeline is one that a lot of people have asked us about. And like there's a, a ship called the Constellation that's on its I think fourth Mach four we're calling it. And the way we made that ship this time, which just came out in the last year, is very different than how we made it three years ago. You know the things we've learned, the techniques we've used, the the new talent that we have, the technology that's come out since. You know, forever, for sure. Like you could, you could iterate, and you could, you could keep making things new as it comes out. But we are definitely putting stakes in the ground and saying this is how it's going to come out like this. But then we also have a plan to, you know, if the backers will allow us, and, and you know, they want to play along with us as we keep going, we will definitely make things better and keep iterating on it. Cool. Yeah, I think that like that's that's the, that's the one thing that I know I would probably struggle with of just being like. Oh, this is I could if I just had a little bit longer I could probably do this I could probably do this better or you know like that was pretty good but let me you know I could still tweak this this part of it and and that would be just perfect you know what I mean if I yeah. if I get that I, I do that with like you know when it comes to writing and stuff like that or video editing or anything like that whenever you're creating something like how do you know where to draw that line I guess where you're like okay this one's ready to put out and show to people yeah you know I think it's um. There's a lot of factors and, you know, kind of the basic project management triangle, right, of quality and time and all that stuff. There, you kind of you, you kind of play with all those a lot throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the months, as a, especially on the production side of going, you know, when do you say is this is good enough? Because nothing's ever going to be good enough. Right. Art is never finished. It's only abandoned, right? <laughs> and that's absolutely the truth in everything you've ever played. If you, mm-hmm. if you talk to a developer that worked on the best game that's made the most money, they will go, but there's a whole here and there's a hole here this is the you know you see you yeah, see the problems you never true. see how good it is uh so there there is the fine it's a fine line of of balancing delivering delivering on time and then delivering the quality you want right there's a there's a little saying that goes around in some some companies that is uh, uh people won't remember that it's late just that it's great right so right so, so if a product is played 10 years later because it's just that good does anyone remember that it was two or three months later than it planned, or four or five months later than it's planned? Probably not. Yeah. You know, but obviously you don't you don't plan to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's plan to put out the best quality, the best nope. time. That's the goal. But inevitably, we want to we want to make it the best gameplay, the best experience, and and one of the most highest quality games you could get for the time that we're given and the money we're given. 
what people really remember is when a game comes out completely broken, and you'll never be forgotten for that. That's, so, that's, that's, <laughs> even if you then push so hard and, and fix every possible thing, somebody may never go back because they just remember their first experience. It was yep. like, eh, it's too broken. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So you're balancing that too. It's a, it's a, it's a fun world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it sounds like a tough. I don't envy you on the uh, <laughs> on that side of things. Yeah. Um, especially with you know like so many people you know with such you know high expectations for this game because it's such a big. Uh, you know, big crazy project. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I don't remember you guys. You guys got a hard job. Too. Well, yeah, you know, just talking about video games, <laughs> tough work. You know, we we try. Got to share a headset with Ricardo. It's yeah. <laughs> I'm you guys con- run out of water. Then what do you do? Yeah, <laughs> I'm consistently being pulled to the right and just trying to keep. That's why he's been so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> I can't hear him. <laughs> Awesome, Eric. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Anything else you'd like to, to to mention, bring up, say anything about the game that, that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, just thanks to all the backers. Thanks to you guys for you know having me on, and, and uh, let's keep making some a pretty cool game that we'll all hopefully remember ten years later. Yeah, thank you. Well, we thank you so much for coming on, and yeah, we're excited to to definitely see more of this game. Uh, for you know, like I said, with all the all the hype surrounding it, we are definitely looking going to be you know following this. So. Uh, awesome. It might not be the last time we talk to you. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So once again, that was Eric Kyron Davis joining us from Cloud Imperium Games. Uh, Eric, um, thanks again one more time for joining us. Thank you, guys.